If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to Nick DiPaolo on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello, kids. How you is? It's Monday. You know what that means. Another day, not another dollar, at least when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> What's up? So funny. I meant to start this show literally an hour and a half ago. I pick up my iPad and I use the iPad in, uh, you know, coordination with the laptop to do the show. And uh, I keep getting this reminder on the iPad to update the software. So, you know, this has been going off like two weeks. I always hesitate to do that because when you update stuff like that, then there's other shit, other bugs and stuff. Anyways, I go, oh, I'm sick of seeing this. It'll probably only take a few minutes. I hit it and, you know, between the downloading and the, the installation, then they, you know, give you nine questions afterwards. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was an hour and a half ago. That's how slow it was downloading and just frustrating as all hell. Because I have other stuff to do. I have dusting. I have to get dinner in the oven. I have to um, do the, um, I have to make the beds and vacuum. Of course, I'm kidding. I have a 18-year-old um, Latino girl that does that, you know. That's the kind of dough I have. Anyways, that's a joke too. I don't want to get sued. Not that anybody's listening that could sue me. Maybe Bill in fucking Buffalo, who saw me at Niagara Falls. <laughs> but anyways, this sh I was supposed to start this recording an hour and a half ago, and that's how long it took, because I just don't understand this shit. You know, it said uh, five minutes left to the downloading, and I'm like, oh, beautiful. And then I checked 20 minutes later, it says three minutes left to download, and all that. I'm sure you guys understand it better than I do. That's why I have Mike Baker at Baker Media. Well, I can't get a hold of until after midnight. <laughs> He's like a comedian, man. He works night. He works after midnight. He's like me. Um. Anyways, um, what the hell's going on? Just got back from the doctors, went for some blood work. You know, I told you about the Lyme disease and uh, the symptoms of listlessness and you know, forgetfulness and all that. And, and, and I have all that, but I believe that's because again, I am averaging about three and a half, four hours sleep a night, which just doesn't cut it. Um, but, uh, you know, I tested positive back in what end of June, July. And the guy said, wait about five, six months to test again. I don't know why, but I told him last week, I'm feeling like shit. So let's do this. So I went in for blood work and urine by the way, the, the parking lot at the uh, the doctor's office in Mount Kisco was like, uh, it looked like a mall parking lot on Christmas Eve or the day after Thanksgiving. Everybody's freaking out. I think they all think they have Ebola and it's flu season. So anytime somebody sniffles or coughs, sees a trace of blood, everybody's being tested. I had to friggin' stand up in the waiting room for Christ's sake. Of course, I'm like the youngest one in there. People are like in late thousands just, all I heard was this... <laughs> people sitting next to me oh it's just i'm going holy shit that's mean about 20 years i don't look at old people the same anymore now that i'm in my 50s when you were younger you looked at old people you went that guy was he was always old that's how he was born or that woman was always old that's how when you were young in 20s you look at old people no i don't see it that way i'm like holy shit fast forward about 15 years which is about nothing i'll be sitting there with age spots like a bruised banana on my forehead my wife holding my hand, waiting to go in to get my blood thinners. Uh, that's how I see it. But, you know, I'm not the happiest, cheeriest guy with the bright outlook. You know that about me. 
Um, what the hell else? Hold on. I, uh, I left the phones on, so they might ring. I'm waiting to hear from a few important uh, business-related calls, career-related, like I have one. Um, so if you hear the phone ring, it'll add to the uh, charm of the show. <laughs> you can't get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, so uh, I went to bed last night at 11.30 p.m. because I was exhausted because the day before I had slept about an uh, two and a half hours and just... I'm laying there trying to watch football. I couldn't even concentrate. It's all mentally exhausted. So uh, I forced myself to go to bed at 1130, which is, you know, two hours earlier than normal for me. And again, I fall asleep. Fine. Uh, but I wake up and look at the clock and it's um, it's uh, what did it say? 347. No. 1130 to 1230, 1231, 30, 230. No, it was 10 of three. It was 10 of three. What's that? Like three hours sleep? 10 of three. And this is going on, folks, forever. I know I keep telling you about it but it's just getting worse haven't haven't physically worked out in three weeks because i'm walking around like a zombie fell back asleep at about 4 30 i was staring at the clock till 4 30 then i had dreams about me not being able to sleep people giving me advice and me yelling at them and them yelling back at me and i was dreaming that i uh that i couldn't sleep <laughs> what a fucking nightmare I am like a zombie. I have a headache from lack of sleep. I really am going to, tonight I'm going to, uh, I'm going to crush up an ambient, snort it up my nose, jerk off four or five times and drink two bottles of wine. You know, I think that'll work better than an ounce of warm milk as people have been suggesting. But, uh, and it happened on the road, brought the wife, by the way, on the road this past week. Went up to, uh, did Seneca Casino in Niagara Falls, a gorgeous room, about 450 seats, might have been 10 empty seats. It was packed. I'm telling you, after 26 years, I'm starting to see some traction. But it's this beautiful theater, you know, small theater, but with theater seating. Um, um, you know, I'm like, I'm in a pit. They call it the Bear's Den. And um, Rob Lederman is the guy who... It's a radio guy up there that who uh, MCs the show and books it. And uh, but the but the theater was awesome. It'll be a nice place to sh shoot a special someday. And uh, my only complaint was that you know in a casino to me that just draws low lives. But as far as my show goes, it was my fans, which was cool. But again, I talked about the casinos because I was at Foxwoods, right? It's just the I just don't uh, you know it just draws even up in beautiful. Uh, Beautiful Niagara Falls. Um, gorgeous up there, by the way. Nice people. In Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Slowly I turned. This is how I came on stage. By step. I moonwalked. Inch by Michael inch. Jackson, I hip. walked up to him and I smashed him. I hit him. I popped him. I smashed him. I faces and I knocked him down. Uh. That's what I wanted to do to this kid that walked up to me at the casino after the show. He, he wasn't in the show because he didn't know who I was. But I'm sitting there with my wife's playing like the slots. And I'm just sitting next to her watching the uh, Broncos game, the Thursday night game, on this huge screen. And this kid comes up to me like in his, I don't know, late 20s maybe, 30s. But drunk. Looks, it comes right up to me like two inches from my face. Are we winning? Are we winning? And I just, you know, you know me. Mr. I go, who's we with a painful look on my face? I don't like when people just come up, complete strangers, and, and want to engage you in a conversation. I don't even like it when people I know do it. Um, Just, you know, I don't know if you wanted to meet my wife or, you know. I go, what do you mean? Who? I, then I said, you know, I thought he met the screen. He was talking about the slot machine. I wasn't even playing. And then, you know. He's like, okay, take it easy. And then he puts his hand down. I'm Nick from Philly. He goes, where are you from? And I go, why? And he goes, what, I can't be friendly? And I go, no, you can't. And then he's just like staring at me. He goes, this place sucks, huh? Then he goes to my wife. You better tell, tell him, referring to me, he needs to relax. This is a guy drunk by himself and then wanders away. 
Now, am I wrong for getting upset at that? Because it happens to me all the time. I remember Bill Hicks used to do a bit that, because I have the same face as him, apparently. People come up to you when you're perfectly fine and go, what's wrong? <laughs> and because uh, that happens to me all the time, because I just, my natural facial expression isn't a smile and everything's okay. I, I don't know. But he engaged me and I'm like, does he want to, is he trying to meet my wife? What, what, why are you fucking bothering me? Oh, can't be friendly. Uh, you're not being friendly. You're being over, uh, I don't know, you're being provocative. That's how I took it. But he goes to my wife, you better tell him to relax. <laughs> and then he just wanders away. I'm guessing he was drunk. He he looked, you know, his eyes are kind of at half mask and, and uh, half mask. I didn't say mask, mask. And uh, anyways, don't do that to me, okay? Bugs the shit out of me. But uh, the gig was good. Only problem was uh, the morning radio getting there. And um, I went up the night before the gig. Drove up there about six hours or so, me and the wife. I never bring her on gigs. People always ask you that. Do you bring your wife? It's like, no. This is how it works for comedians. When you have a girlfriend or a wife, they the first year they'll come to your shows. Not even. After about six months, they like, ah, oh, okay. I've seen enough. And then they they find other comedians that they like way more. <laughs> like my wife loves, uh, always loved Louise Matera. She's got good taste. She she had Louis Pegg way before he was famous, and she was right. And she loves John Mulaney now, which I understand, because I hear him on the radio, and he's a funny bastard. I wish him all the success. Good guy, too, Mulaney. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> but she finally, I don't think, I can't remember, maybe a couple thank Thanksgivings ago she came. When I was in uh, Tarrytown at the music hall. But uh, that was probably the last time. So she drove up. You got to have somebody with you. You're going to drive six and a half. You don't have to, but what am I going to do? Paint the face on a volleyball and sit it next to me. So we go all the way up to Niagara Falls. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's romantic. The falls. It's in Niagara Falls. It's, it's romantic. Niagara Falls. We, uh... Last time we went up there, we took that boat ride that everybody does, you know, and they, you dress up like the Gorton's Fisherman, and it goes right under the falls. We already did that, so we felt no need to do By the way, if you're going to do that, save your money. You could, you, Like I said on stage the other night, you could actually, you're better off uh, getting a hooker to pee on you in front of a window fan. Um, but uh, no, it's actually fun. Do it. Uh, then the morning radio, the, the poor driver who was supposed to bring me, he was caught in Canada. Remember the shooting went on up there? I haven't mentioned that, have I? Since, uh, the, the, that's why I call this, this episode is called the, you know, the end of the world. Cause you know, you had that shooting up in Ottawa, right? Then you had the two New York cops attacked by that psycho fuck. Uh, by the way, there's a fine line between an ISIS member and just a crazy, uh, black guy from the Bronx or wherever he was from. Um, there's a fine line, okay? People who just hate cops and Whitey. By the way, he said he wanted Whitey dead too. So now, now crazy people and racist people are going to use that as an excuse that they're working for ISIS, basically. Uh, then you had the two cops killed in Sacramento. They were blown away. And uh, school shooting in Seattle. It's the darkest time I can remember in my 52 years. It really is creepy. And God bless you if you're wearing a uniform. Because this is this scum, the scum right now are empowered. I don't want to say why. Um, so uh, just a yeah, just a dark time, don't you think? I do. Uh, yeah. So the three hours of sleep went to doctors. Uh, the blood work. I uh, I pissed in a um. See, now I can't even remember if I just said this to you. This is what's scaring me and drove me to the doctors in the first place. And I believe it's the lack of sleep. It's not, you know, or it might be the lime. Oh, look, I couldn't even remember the word lime. <laughs> I'm going crazy over here. But I can't piss on cue and they want piss right after they take your blood. So I peed in a um, Tupperware, a little Tupperware thing at home and brought it with me. And then, you know, I cheated. I went into the bathroom and poured it into the test tube like a crazy scientist. And um, I can't piss on cue. 
I have no problem pissing like in a men's room when there's everybody around. That doesn't bother me. But when a doctor says, yeah, give me some. That I have a problem with. I always hear the Jeopardy music in my head. And they tell you to turn the water on. And, you know, by them, you know, I got them flushing the toilets and nothing's working. So I brought it with me. So remember that if you come to my house for a cookout, you might want to take a double look at that Tupperware that I served you, the baked beans. And no, I tossed it out. It's a little tiny thing. Just thinking about leaving it on the counter with some um, grapefruit juice for the wife, just to bust her chops. But listen, kids. Um, then I went from Niagara Falls. Again, drove up on Tuesday and I did the gig. No, drove up on Wednesday and I did the gig on uh, Thursday. And uh, I recommend it to all my comic friends. It's a good, good thing. Good gig. They give you a corner room, suite, overlooking Niagara Falls at night like the whole, I mean, a big ass suite, old fashioned. Um, I just dropped something. Yeah, and then drove, got up the next morning and drove from Niagara Falls over to Albany, which is another 300 miles in about four, four and a half hours to do the uh, the comedy works. The guy that runs a comedy work just opened a new room called the Wolf's Den and sold out, by the way, but an extra 60 people showed up than they expected. So um, I'm seeing good numbers and I love you people for coming out. I really do. Um, did that room. That was interesting because this is, it's a beautiful sports bar that a guy had just bought and it's the room in the back. It's separate from the sports bar. I don't want to make it sound like a hell gig. So, um, but here's the thing I'm on stage and right in the middle of my show, all of a sudden the sound system is interrupted by an FM station. Some, they were, they're on the same frequency or something. I don't know how that happened, but I'm up there. I don't mean just for a minute or two. For about five to seven solid minutes, there's an FM station playing. I'm up there trying to talk over it. I'm looking for, looking for Tommy, the owner, and luckily he came to the rescue, but you can't. He sits down at the soundboard. He knew about as much as I did. He's, he's trying to play with it. I'm up there trying to. It's one thing with the sound to go out. And you can fuck around with the crowd and stop picking on people or whatever, but 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 it's playing music and shit. I'm, I'm dancing to like Sting. And people are just, I'm like, can you change it to something uh, I like? And just, you know, it's kind of weird. But what's funny is the reaction. Some people cross their arms and they look at you like it's your fault. The comic. <laughs> it's unbelievable. People get a few drinks in them. So I'm up there for like six or seven minutes in it. And there's like a station blaring, a disc jockey and music. And they're kind of crazy. I'm sure they'll work out the kinks. It was, I think it was the first night they were doing comedy there. But good turnout, by the way, like I said, and I appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. And then, uh, yeah, drove back that night, which is about two hours and 10 minutes from Albany to my house. So really logged a mile. You know what, though? I love the gigs and I do it again. That's an ideal. I mean, two, two nights in a row just when you have to do one show. Banged out about an hour and 12, too, for the Niagara kids. Um, yeah, that's the ideal thing. Both good-paying gigs, back-to-back, just one show, and then I'm home for the weekend. If I could do that 52 weeks a year, I'd never get on a plane again. What I'm just saying is, you know me, I don't get happy about many things, but that was uh, that was fun. Um. So, but like, don't you feel the world is going fucking nuts right now? Between the panic, the Ebola panic. How funny is the Ebola panic with, I mean, the hysteria. The doctor coming back. God bless him. He's over there helping people. Then he, and then he goes bowling. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we always know you could get Ebola from uh, sticking, you know, part of your uh, body into a hole, but. Who would have guessed a finger into a bowling ball? People were panicking. Of course, the Post, New York Post, had a field day with an e-bowler. It says, <laughs> my wife, the, the minute she heard about the bowling, she came up with that. And I said, what do you see the Post tomorrow? And sure enough, they never disappoint, do they? But then the the Ottawa cops, that scumbag shooting that, that young, handsome guy with a, he's got a young son. What a, I don't know what the fuck is going on in the world, man. But just load up. 
and that hatchet guy, his last name was Hale, Thomas Hale, I think. I think he actually went to Columbia, they said in one article. Just a self-hating, self-hating, America-hating scumbag with a hatchet. Hmm. Guess he thought it was Halloween. It was appropriate. I don't know. And then, that, like I said, the, the two cops killed in Sacramento. It, it is, I mean, you know, ISIS said uh, go after people in uniform. And uh, this shows you. It shows you how crazy and how media-driven. And a lot of the people thinking, you know, this is like copycat shit going on, which might be true. They see the beheadings and then they call it self-radicalization. I don't even think it's that complicated some of it's just copycat shit, crazy people. But it shows you how media-driven we are. Even the craziest nuts, you know, know how to work, uh, go on the internet. Um, but it's just a dark time, isn't it? Or is it me? I mean, and, and this next story just, to me, uh, encompasses all of this. The, the craziness and how it's driven by the media. Um I don't know if you, you heard this. And this is the headline, okay? Connecticut man allegedly found a raping pit bull. That's right. Raping a pit bull in some lady's yard up in Waterbury, Connecticut. Okay? A 20-year-old Connecticut man was taken into custody on Tuesday morning after a bizarre incident in Waterbury when he was allegedly found raping a woman's pit bull in the backyard. The dog's owner, Alice Woodruff, allegedly found a completely naked man sexually assaulting her dog on Tuesday around 10 a.m. <laughs> Can you make this shit up? I'm not making this shit. Um, Woodruff told the news station that her dog, which she described as an aggressive rescue dog, kept tied to an 800-pound tow chain. Ah, this is so Waterbury. Was surprisingly calm during the incident. Well, maybe the guy was good. Sounds like he's enjoying it. Maybe he was good. He pranced through the yard naked, yelling, this is our day, and you have to prosper in it. ISIS sent me. See, this is where I'm talking about the media and the copycats, and, and it all comes together. ISIS sent me. If I wrote this as a sketch, or you put it in a movie, people go, "What? Are you? come on, stop with this shit. You hear what I'm saying? A guy sexually abusing, it says raping a pit bull, Saying ISIS sent them. Could, could you make this shit up? I ran in, got my gun out of the bedroom. If you want to move to Waterbury, this is the type of shit that goes on. The woman said she fired a warning shot into the ground, but the man, unaffected by the gunshot, then began walking towards her. He was apparently yelling about the end of the world. I didn't even see that myself. All right, me and him agree on something. And he gave her dog a Ebola. Okay, so he's he's not not only he's fucking raping a pit bull, he brings in Ebola and ISIS. Do you see what I'm saying? So this guy reads the paper. He's well informed, better informed than most Democratic voters. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. It's scary. The power of the media and the mental illness. And when you live in such a free country, this shit's going to go on. I just laughed because uh, it was Waterbury, Connecticut. You know, I was just up there a few months ago. He was eventually caught and believing he was suffering from some type of mental breakdown. Really? You think so? The man was taken to St. Mary's Hospital where he remains under psychiatric evaluation. Declining to release the man's name, police said uh, he will face charges including fourth degree sexual assault. Why fourth degree? That's an insult to the pit bull. Cruelty to animals and second-degree breach of peace when he's released. Why release him? Let's put him down like the fucking mental case that he is. That's right, folks. You have to worry about ISIS blowing up your plane. Or you getting on the plane and, 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 and touching something that uh, an Ebola victim just touched in the on your seat. It's a dark world. Raping a pit bull. That was my favorite story of the year so far. Mother of God. And related to the Ebola stuff, you got uh, you got this nurse who was over there. Uh, what's her name? Casey Hickox. Um, 
She came back. She was over there, Sierra Leone, you know, doing God's work. But now she's, uh, you know, they quarantine her. And she's whining about it. And, and she takes a selfie, which tells me a lot about her. I don't know. I'm a little confused. Okay, you're going over there to risk your life, right, to treat these people, to do, for, for what reason? To stop Ebola from spreading, right? So why would you have a problem being quarantined when you get back? I think she's complaining, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of whiny. And and they, they did treat her shitty. I understand that, but uh, I don't know. She just sounds a little bit whiny to me. In, in, in the article, she's like, uh, everyone keeps asking how I'm feeling physically. And of course, I'm fine. But I don't think most people understand what it's like to be alone in a tent and decisions are being made that don't make sense. No, I understand that. Because I know who's in charge. I feel like my basic human rights have been violated. To put me in prison is just inhumane. Okay. Again, don't go too far, Casey. And again, we appreciate your effort. But um, she was on CNN talking about this. They, But they, this is so typical of the feds. They really don't know what they're doing. They put her in a tent without a shower or a flushable toilet. She might as well have stayed in Liberia or wherever, Sierra Leone. Uh, you know, and she didn't have any symptoms. She t- tested uh, negative twice. She was uh, forced to wear paper scrubs, had no TV or reading materials. <laughs> Holy shit. Sounds like the green room, the gig I did. Um, oh, my God. In a tent outside a university hospital in Newark. Okay, but what's with the selfie? That That's bugging me. That's bugging me. Um, so now the feds are battling with Cuomo and Christie. You know, they, they imposed it. They imposed a law that when these people get back, they have to be quarantined um, for like, you know, a few weeks. And uh, people are up in arms about it. And of course, people are coming up with with this excuse. Well, then people, doctors aren't going to want to go over there if that's how you're going to treat them when they get back. Well, okay, but I mean, again, you're going over there to stop the spread of this shit, right? So why would you have a problem with being quarantined? And I guess Cuomo and Christie have made it a little more lax. Now they can be quarantined at home, these people. But feds come to their house a couple times a day to see if they're still there because you had, you know, you had that nurse that went out. Remember, she went out and picked up food a couple weeks ago. And you had this other guy, Spencer, I think his last name, Dr. Spencer, went bowling. So, um, but that seems fair to me. If you, if you don't, if you, if you don't have the symptoms yet, and you still should be quarantined, but but I think at home that's not. But once again, the feds are having a problem with the states calling their own shots. Again, big government. But uh, I, I don't like the selfie. It fucking bugs me. It's it's not how it's self-serving. Maybe that it reminds me of a girl that I used to bang in Boston, named Heidi. Um, this is years ago. Christ, I was seven. Um, no, <laughs> she looks just like her. Maybe that's what's bugging me. Uh, quit your crying. All right? You don't want to help people lay it out. But yeah, you can't put them in a tent outside of a hospital. We really are a third world shithole. Isn't, isn't that the goal of uh, Libs, to turn this into a third world shithole? They're right on. They're doing it. Ebola, like I said, you know, if you want to uh, avoid it, don't take a fucking hot yoga class in uh, Liberia and then like the teacher's mat. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's crazy. The Middle East, I don't know. It's just, they're so far behind. This story was on the paper this weekend. I, I See, this is a real war on women. I hope Sandra Fluck, a fluke, that douche, I hope she read this article and maybe puts it into perspective. According to her, if you don't pay for her, uh, you know, contraceptives it's a war against women as opposed to you know throwing acid in a girl's face who wants to go to school or or this woman this iranian woman yeah you know, she was hanged for killing a man who tried to rape her yeah they hanged her saturday 
Rayhani Jabari. I think that's her name. Yeah, Ray, Rayhani Jabari. It's creepy over there, isn't it, though? Uh, yeah, she was sentenced to death in 2009 by an Iranian court. She was found guilty of murdering a government intelligence operative. She, uh, they call it premeditated murder. They say, the court says, Jabari, 27 years old, stabbed Sarbandi in the back in 2007 after purchasing a knife two days earlier. The execution was carried out after Sarbandi, that's the uh, guy who was killed, family refused to pardon her or accept the blood money. This is 2014, okay? Jabari was sentenced to death by a criminal court in 2000 after what Amnesty International called a deeply flawed investigation in trial which failed to examine all the evidence. I guess what what went down was it took place in 2007 when Jabari, that's the woman, was just 19 years old uh, when she met Sarbandi, the the former... uh, decorated in a cafe and convinced her to visit his office to discuss a business deal. While there, Sarbandi allegedly drugged and attempted to rape her. She grabbed a pocket knife and stabbed him. He's a civil servant. And then fleed the scene as he bled to death. Jabari's execution was uh, first postponed in April after a global petition to spare her life attracted 20,000 signatures. Then it was rescheduled. Amnesty International says she was placed in solitary confinement for two months where she did not have access to a lawyer or her family. Unbelievable. The organization also claims Jabari underwent savage tortures to extract a confession. Fucking Middle East. What's the level of that fucking shithole? Seriously. Again, we have a whole arsenal of nukes. Yes, there'll be some collateral damage. I understand. But just let's send a small one over there. Just enough to take out Iran in Iraq. Get all our military out of there. Can you imagine? That's what's going on over there. That's a war on women. See, ladies? It's not uh, It's not people not paying for your birth control or, or um, you're getting paid 23 cents less, which is total horseshit and has been disproved a thousand times when you take into consideration the amount of experience, the job, paternity leave, or maternity leave, I should say. Um, You take all that into effect. You're making the same as a man, but let's keep that myth alive. Uh, It's just dark, ain't it? Dark side of the... It's creepy. Yeah, so she's uh, she was 26. Hmm. So let's uh, recap so far. <laughs> Ebola. Ebola on the rise. Uh, the rape of a pit bull by a guy who says ISIS sent him. Oh, God, help us, God. I mean, if God was going to come back, wouldn't this be a good time? An Iranian woman hanged. This is the good news. Wait till I come up with the weather. Let's stay on the uh, feminist stuff. I think this is God who wrote this song about us. Uh, how about the f- little... Have you seen this video? The feminist video with the young girls in it? I know you have. Dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, folks. This is the one that got me fucking riled. To me, this, again, encompasses the times of living. There's a video called F-Bombs for Feminism. 
potty mouth princess use bad word for good cause. Precocious girls ages 6 to 13 wearing full princess dresses, makeup, and tiaras spout explicit. Jesus Christ. Expletive laced statistics about women's inequality. You'd think out of all the comics, expletive would have been easy for me to say. Um, and of course, in the song, they keep rehashing a lot of these horseshit myths. Women make 23% less than men for the exact same fucking work, a little girl says in the video. Uh, I shouldn't need a penis to get paid is another one. I mean, this is, this is what I'm talking about. They can't leave it alone. Do these fucking angry broads ever relax for five minutes? Do they ever leave it alone? Their never-ending list of grievances that are so much horseshit. And again, you know, that's what the Dems do. Identity politics. You're racist. You're misogynist. They wouldn't have anything to... They wouldn't even have a platform if they didn't have this horseshit. Where is this clip? Anyways, let's listen to this. This is just priceless. Listen to these little girls. Unbelievable. This is so wrong at so many levels. I'll comment as I play it. Pretty. 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 What the fuck? I'm not some pretty fucking helpless princess in distress. I'm pretty fucking powerful and ready for... I'm pretty fucking powerful. Just, again, it's coming out of little girls because these douchebags, these grown feminists, ardent feminists, hard uh, douchebags, they don't have the nerve to come out and say this themselves in a video so that's that's you know one level of evil using little girls to do it because they don't have the balls to do it themselves and i and people are saying well this is put out by a for-profit t-shirt company that's all this is that's how they're trying to explain this away which is total bullshit there's a reason they chose this specific content and this cause okay so it's not just about profit but listen to these little girls i was laughing my balls off by the way Success. So what is more offensive? A little girl saying fuck or the fucking on equal and sexist way? Society treats girls and women. It's our... The sexist way that we treat women. Uh, do you believe this shit? It's just the opposite. I would say women in the United States are more spoiled than any creature on the face of the planet. How about that? I'm going right against the grain. Total horseshit. I mean, you have access to the richest men in the world. How many... Oh, don't even make me... They're talking like it's 1950. This is the thing. I understand the black thing because, yeah, 350, 400 years of oppression, and even that, we got to let that go eventually. But but, but all the, all the, you know, the feminist movement just grabbed the coattails, obviously, of the civil rights movement and trying to portray themselves as victims, just like black. And it's not even close. It's not even legitimate, the argument. Okay, but they've taken the lead. This shit. This is what angers me more than than the Al Sharptons of the world and uh, and, and the myths he spreads. But uh, this is just outrageous. Future. So listen up, grown ups. Here's some words more fucked up than the word nice. fuck. Hey, and equality. Women are paid twenty three percent less than men for the exact same fucking work. And nice talk. You blow your father with that mouth, little girl. You piglet. Women who graduate university with straight A's get paid as much as men who only got C's. So, bad grades equal... You hear this shit? You hear these outrageous fucking lies that these bearded women are telling these little girls? Or bank? Just because you're a boy? Um, hello and hell no. Pay up, motherfucker. I shouldn't need yeah. a penis to get paid. She can't even say penis, okay? And, and by the way, they put a nice black spin on it, too, because that's pop culture. Motherfucker, do you hear that? <laughs> to get paid, motherfucker. And they're doing that thing that black women do with their heads when they talk, you know, that side-to-side -side shit. And, and the little white girls, by the way, doing that. <laughs> it's so fucking... <laughs> Just so angry. So angry. Even when they're in power. Rape and violent fucked up fact. One out of every five women will be sexually assaulted or raped by a man. Nice, huh? Teaching the girls, these you know, eight-year-old girls, that men are the enemy. Let's let's indoctrination. Let's let's drive that home. And this has been going on for years. Let me tell you, the '60s is the worst thing that ever happened in this fucking country. 
feminist woman, Gloria Steinem, douchebag. She ended up marrying some rich guy because it's all a big fucking lie. Do you hear that? Ah. Oh. One, two, three, four, five. Which one of us will it be? So how many more women have to get knocked down before society stands up and stops it? Here's a hot tip. Stop telling girls how to dress and... You hear this? They're getting it all out. They're letting it all out. This makes me want to hit a woman in the face with a pie. I would never hit a woman, you know. I mean, with a pie. Nice... Uh, hot apple pie out of the oven, about 450 degrees. Do you hear this shit? This is what encourages misogyny. You know that? This type of shit. Start teaching boys not to fucking rape. We're glad a women's right to... Are you hearing this? Teaching boys not to fucking rape. Because we are teaching boys to rape. Are you hearing this? Oh, man. Oh, God. I wish they'd show their faces, the bearded broads that wrote this and directed it. Show your faces. I want to know your race. I want to know your age. I want to know your color. I, that's the same as race, Nick. I know. I'm just, uh, um, yeah, show your face. Or is it that scary that you don't want to put your face on? Oh, it's fear. But equality's next step is walking to the car without fear. Be pretty. So here's the tricky thing. Pretty, it's a compliment. But here's how this focus works to girls' detriment. Society teaching girls that our bodies, boobs, and butts are more important than our brains leads us to thinking. Our worth comes from our waistline. My aspirations in life should not be worrying about the shape of my ass. Yeah, sorry, that's how it is. It's human nature. Fellas are always going to look at you as a piece of ass. Sorry. Even when you really are smart. Like we don't appreciate smart women. Again, this is all based on friggin' lies. Oh, and they're letting it all out. This is, this is, oh, hi. That's my mother saying, hey, lay off. Um, yeah, here we go. Focusing on how I look. And give me a book. <laughs> the continued sexism. Girls and women's stale face. I I'll give you a book. It's called How to Give a Good Hand Job. Back to the show. Um, instead of cleaning these girls' mouths out with soap, maybe society should clean up its act. This is what a feminist looks like. Girls just want to have fun. Demential rights. Five dollars from each shirt goes to kick-ass charities that are fighting. Uh, another evil part. To, it, it, five dollars of it goes to kick-ass charities. That's really specific, huh? That That's another level of evil when people, uh, you know... Say it goes to a charity percentage of which it doesn't. It goes to buying them more two-headed dildos, uh, is what it does. Um, this is evil on nineteen different levels. Yeah, but that's the beauty of it. See, Mother Nature. It's, you, you can make as many of these videos as you want. It's not going to change. It ain't going to change anything. It is, hey, t to quote people come out of Judge Judy's uh, courthouse, it is what it is. Every day, to make the world more equal for women and girls. Yo, bro, when you tell a boy it's bad to act like a girl, it's because you think it's bad to be a girl. Fuck that sexist shit. Fuckhate.com. Swear jar. I don't give a fuck. Nice. 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 If I'm uh, the Republicans, uh, <laughs> if I'm running, I just play this and go, hey, who do you think uh, the people that made this and encourage this type of thing, how do you think they vote? That's all I'd say. That'll be my speech. Good night, everybody, at the 20, 2016 convention. Just play that. Because I know people, obviously, you know, people on the left who fucking think this is insane, too. Thank God there's a few left. But, um, oh, it just shows how angry. And can you imagine telling young girls that the men are the enemy and that they're victims? They're not even old enough to form their own thoughts yet. Bloods and granites. Indoctrination. The left is great at it. Uh... Yeah. 
Nice, nice piece of work. That should help you cause. How about war against men? Is it little girls or little boys that they're drugging up and giving Ridlin to in school because they're, you know, to calm their nature? Boys are a little hyperactive. You can look that up to I'm not making that shit up. They're drugging you know, little boys in school on Ridlin. How about the fact that guys have to, you know, bring a lawyer with them if they want to bang a chick on a college campus now? War against women. Get the fuck out of here. I could go on and on. Terrific. I started a joke. Let's stay on the, the feminist uh, horseshit thing. In a related story, this is a good one. Ted Bishop was ousted last Friday as president of the PGA. That's the Professional Golf Association of America over a sexist tweet in Facebook post directed at Ian Poulter, who's a golfer. <laughs> you can't. You can't make this shit up. You can't make it up. Well, I'll guarantee you'll never be a member here. Member? Are you kidding? You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? But this whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. <laughs> Only reason I'm here is maybe I'll buy it. Buy? Bushwood? <laughs> the great late Ted Knight. Uh, yeah, Ted Bishop was ousted. Um, Bishop was irritated by remarks that Ian Poulter made in his book on the Ryder Cup captaincy of Nick Faldo in 2008 and Tom Watson this year. He referred to Poulter. Listen to this, folks. Now, buckle up tight. This is some of the most sexist shit. I don't even know how it's sexist, but this is why he was canned. Listen, this is outrageous. Think about what I just played, that clip, that video I just played for you, that audio. Think about this. He referred to Poulter as a little girl on Twitter when stacking up Poulter's feats next to Faldo's. In a Facebook post, he noted that Watson with eight mages and Faldo with six mages and the Ryder Cup record for most points were getting bashed by Poulter. And he said, really? Sounds like a little schoolgirl squealing during recess. Come on, man. That's what he put in the Twitter. Ted Bishop wrote in, the, in his tweet. The PGA of America board voted Friday to remove him, meaning Bishop will not be invited to future PGA championships and Ryder Cups or any other courtesies extended to past presidents. Can you imagine? Can you friggin' imagine? He's the first PGA president to be ousted. He had one, he had a month left on his uh, two-year term. And this is a statement from the PGA. The PGA PGA of America understands the enormous responsibility it has to lead this great game and to enrich lives in our society through golf. No, it doesn't have... Since when do sports have to do all that? People can enrich their own lives in their own ways. Listen to this. They're taking the weight of the world on their shoulders. We must demand of ourselves that we make golf both welcoming and inclusive to all who want to experience it. Tell me how... Bishop calling Poulter a little girl in a tweet. How does that keep um, young women from from being included in, in playing golf? Please, somebody explain that to me. Do you see what fucking horseshit this is? Ah. We must demand of ourselves that we make golf both welcoming and inclusive to all who want to experience it. And everyone at the PGA of America must lead by example. Most politically correct horseshit. It almost makes that feminist video I just played look sane. How? How? Please, somebody tell me how that keeps little girls from, uh, or women from playing golf. Please explain it to me. But then, this is what pisses me off, this Ted Bishop guy. Of course, he apologizes to Poulter. And anyone else he might have offended. How about standing up and going, fuck you. I've been running this thing beautifully for years. You know what I mean? He's got a month left or two months left. I mean, kiss my ass. Again, no more apologies. We all whine about political correctness. Okay? And the only way to, uh, to eradicate political correctness, correctness is to be politically incorrect. When it makes sense. What a bunch of cucka. 
PGA of America has 27,000 members, about 1,100 of them women. So you can see how this would be. This statement would just blow it all up, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. Of course, you know, they got pressure, I'm sure, from women's groups. And can you imagine just for him referring, an adult man referring to another adult man as a little girl, somehow that's going to just, it's going to impede progress of girls playing golf somehow. But then, but then Bishop, uh, you know, stupid apologizes. He goes, this is Bishop talking. This is a classic example of poor use of social media on my part. No, it's a, it's a classic example of, uh, of you, uh, of guys having their balls cut off and, and acquiescing to this politically correct horseshit. That's what it's a perfect example of. And if I had the chance to hit the delete button on the things that I sent out yesterday, I would without hesitation. This is what happens when guy, old white guys get old and crusty and they're just getting, they're just giving in. Even when the shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, Susie Whaley, a teaching pro, a golf teaching pro from Connecticut who qualified to play a PGA Tour event outside Hartford in 2003, is among three, I'd like to know her sexual orientation, by the way, is among three, and don't say it doesn't matter, is among three PGA members running for secretary at the uh, November 22nd election. If she wins, Whaley would be in line to be PGA president in 2018. Whaley said she found Bishop's remarks to be insulting. I was extremely disappointed. Let me do it in her voice. I was extremely disappointed. They were definitely sexist, Whaley said in a telephone interview. I'm 100% uh, belief that we need to empower young girls. Ask if she complained to the PGA office. Whaley said, I didn't have to do that. The PGA of America took incredibly swift action and are taking this extremely seriously, Whaley said. And then she hit a golf ball 750 yards. Um, obviously, it's critical that we are inclusive. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it fucking isn't. It's just a mantra. Diversity, inclusiveness, diversity, inclusiveness. They're like robots. They don't even... Can, can guys have anything to themselves? That's what I'm going to ask. Okay? She found... Fuck. Are you kidding me? A grown man calling a, another grown man a, a little girl. Can you imagine that's cause for firing today? You got to admit, even you liberal dicks have to admit you fucking lost your minds. <sighs> Keep caving in. Pop, pop, pop. What else? Kids. Um, oh, General, uh, Attorney General, while well, he's stepping down, Eric Holder told lawyers last week he was exasperated about the leaks from the federal investigation into last summer's police shooting of an unarmed 18-year-old in St. Louis suburb. Let me play. I think I have the clip of this story. Too. Can you imagine he, he's outraged? In Ferguson, protest over the shooting death of Michael Brown have intensified in the wake of the most recent leaks. Those leaks appear to support Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson, who claims he shot Brown in self-defense. Last Friday, the New York Times reported that Wilson told investigators he feared for his life after Brown tried to grab his gun, which was fired twice during the struggle in Wilson. Something we've all known, even while the animals were rioting in Ferguson, before the facts are out, some most people who you know, most adults who took the time to learn, um, you know. Um, anyways, his car hitting Brown once in the arm. Then on Tuesday, an official autopsy was published by the St. Louis Post Dispatch. It showed that Michael Brown had been shot at close range and that Brown had marijuana in his system when he died. In an interview with CBS radio station KMOX, former St. Louis County Police Chief Tim Fitch said this about the leaks. I think what you're seeing them do is coordinate leaks uh, to the media and to start getting some of the facts out there to kind of let people down. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. You wouldn't want to do that. You don't want to get the facts out there. These leaks are perfect because it offsets the horseshit that went on. All the rioting and trying to convict this cop in, 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 you know, in the media and in public opinion before all the facts are in. This is how, see, we're a country of law and order to the idiots that are out there burning and looting. And I don't give a shit if they're from Ferguson or not. See? So it's required. I'm glad somebody leaked the shit. Somebody has to leak the truth to balance that type of behavior. You see, that's why it's necessary. So I don't know why Holder is so exasperated. Holder, who flew in on Joe Biden's jet into Ferguson, by the way. You think he was trying to uh, tilt public opinion one way or the other when he did that? Yeah, dirty, rotten scoundrel. I think they recognize that it's probably very unlikely there's going to be charges. Do you hear that? The most likely won't be charges. So prepare for another you know, another round of rioting and, and looting and whatever else. It's all, it's a perfect storm, isn't it? Isn't it? I see, that's why I'm calling it's the end of the world. It's a perfect storm. Between Ebola and, and ISIS, having people attack people in uniform. And, and how'd you like to be a cop in Ferguson? Huh? I'm surprised they're not all splitting. But Holder is exasperated. The guy who, pl- who has played the race card more than anybody, he's exasperated that somebody's leaking this stuff to, to put the story into perspective. We can't have that. Uh, this is just, uh, it's beautiful. Has there ever been a more incompetent administration ever or racist? In my opinion. I didn't even get to the story today about, uh, what's her name, Atkinson, Cheryl Atkinson, CBS, former CBS reporter, who got axed because she wouldn't let the, you know, Fast and Furious story go, and they wouldn't let her do any stories that, you know, she wanted to do stories saying that the media was protecting Obama, so CBS axed her. Now she's got a book out, and it turns out, like, the, the government had put spyware on her computer. I mean, the Obama administration makes the Nixon administration look clean. It is unbelievable. People aren't more of an outrage. It's it's worse than anything Nixon ever did. And nobody's even talking about it. It's crazy. But, you know, Hillary's running, so everything will be fine. But, you know, everything's going to be fine. Anyways, the show has been, I know, a little a little heavy in content and a little dark, but God, what the hell? When it gets too heavy, we always call in our buddy to tell us a joke, and you know what I'm talking about. Guy comes home with a bouquet of flowers for his wife. I guess I'll have to spread my legs now, she says. Why, he asks. Don't you have a vase? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking be funny till I'm 100. If I make it there. Ooh, I got a chill and I'm kind of clammy. Um. <laughs> what else? Again, I, I don't like to go heavy on the sports, but I have to bring it up in case we put this show in a time capsule. Let me ask you this. I'm thinking about doing this more often, um, but there are, you know, under certain circumstances, like maybe, you know, doing this four times a week or so. Uh, if so, if I do that, and again, it takes up a lot of time, um, you know, I need to know from you people. You can let me know on Twitter. Um, would you be willing to pay a small fee or whatever, a donation? Because I don't make money doing this. But uh, I, I could do it like four days a week and give you, a, you know, a free show. Whatever, you know. I want to treat it like a radio show, a daily show. Because, uh, you know, the numbers are growing. And it's good. It's fun. There'll be weeks, obviously, when I travel, which I wouldn't be able to do it. And I know some people bring their shit on the road, their equipment. I'm not going to do that. I focus on stand-up. That's still my bread and butter, and I still love it the most. And I love this, too. But uh, I like to treat this like a radio show. And um, But it's up to what you guys are willing. Because, you know, the Internet, people don't want to pay a dime for anything. They just want to be entertained. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, just throwing that out there, if you'd be uh, willing, I'd do this every day, you know. 
then we could do some live ones and, and have a call-in number and you can participate. We'll treat it like a radio show. I'll have to get a producer for that. You know, somebody who'll work for nothing. <laughs> but just uh, putting that out there. Um, Sports-wise, how about the Jets? Let's start with them. Geno Smith. I mentioned he's a good athlete playing quarterback. He wasn't even that this week. Threw three picks, I think, in the first <laughs> first 10 minutes of the game. We have, uh, I think then we have audio of Rex Ryan on the sideline two minutes into the game. What the hell's going on out here? What the hell's going on out here? What the hell's going on out here? What was he thinking? Mama mia. And then poor Michael Vick, he's done. Prison took it out of him. I was a Vic fan, but uh, he's finished. What are the Jets, 1-7, and seven, something like that? How I, I'm guessing maybe when I get done with this podcast today, I'm guessing at 5 o'clock they'll announce Rex Ryan being fired. This guy must have pictures of Woody Johnson blowing a midget in a hot tub at a Red Roof Inn in Jersey or something. How This guy should have been canned two years ago. I'll say it again about the Ryan clan. They're defensive guys, okay? They're not head coaches, any of them, including Buddy. They're great defensive guys. I don't even know how great. You got the other Ryan down in uh, New Orleans. Saints defense didn't look at that good. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, P.U. And then everybody had uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots washed up and finished after they got blown out by the Chiefs three weeks, three or four a month ago on Monday Night TV. They've, got, they've won four in a row. Four or five. I can't even give Brady was uh, 30 for 35. 360 yards and five touchdowns against a Bears team that was, you know, a month ago they they went into San Francisco and and uh, and beat up on the 49ers. This league is just oh <laughs> to update you on my uh, my pool picks. I had eight going into tonight. If I get tonight right, it'll be a season high for me. But I'm still <laughs> mired in <laughs> last place. I got a guy I got one more win ahead of me. How about my old man, though? My old man, uh, I think he had two wrong. Twelve right. Something like that. Two or three wrong. Imagine you do that in Vegas, you parlay that. Nice payday. Uh, So, um, again, I'm doing this on a Monday afternoon. Don't know when you listen to it. Uh, Five games have been played uh, in the World Series. San Francisco Giants are up three games to two. They're heading back. Uh, tomorrow and Wednesday to Kansas City to finish out the series. Madison Baumgarten last night pitched as good a game as I've ever seen pitched, including playoffs, regular season. This guy is unhittable, and he's done it before in the World Series. He's he's just putting himself in that uh, in that uh, category of just the greatest, one of the greatest postseason guys ever. Just he's got heat. He's a lefty. He can throw that big, slow curve. He's got a chain. He was just unhittable. So, um, but I'm not counting out KC. Uh, it just seems like uh, it was their turn this year. So they're going back home. And I don't know. I know they're going to be happy that Baumgarten, although he can come back in game seven. They might use him again. So uh, what else? College football, I don't have the info in front of me. But uh, watched Penn State. They were down 17 nothing at half, I think, to Ohio State and almost came back and won it, which was an incredible game. That's the reason I went to bed at 3 that night. I got my three and a half hours. Um, Mississippi State, I think they won again. That's about it, kids. But uh, kick it around, I, you know, maybe I'll do this more often. And, uh, you know, come on out to see me. Let me plug my gigs because basically that's what this podcast is for right now. (laughs) That's the benefit I get out of it. Other than talking to my fans. Mm. Um. I started a joke. Monica Lewinsky, go back into your hall too, by the way. Nobody gives a shit. Portraying herself as a victim. Nation of victims. Get the book, Nation of Victims. I forget who wrote it. Okay? Nation of victims. And read it. Learn it. Breathe it. Live it. 
read it 20 years ago and it still pertains to today. Where am I going to be? I'll be in the city, obviously, working out stuff this week. The next gig, though, uh, what is it? Stress Factory, November 7 and 8. I'm not doing the Thursday. 7 and 8. The, uh, you know, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the Stress Factory. Good gig. My buddy Vinny Brand. And then the Brokerage, November 14 and 15, Belmore, Long Island. And then Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant. Dino and Jerry, my two guys down there. And uh, that's on the 22nd, which is a Saturday night. And the 29th, I'm doing the Comedy Shop in Pompton, Plains, New Jersey. So that's that's November. Um, that's it, kids. You know how I feel about you. And if you don't, this guy will tell you. I love you for helping me to construct of my life. Not a tavern, but a temple. (laughs) I love you because you have done so much to make me happy. You have done it without a word, without a touch, without a sign. You have done it by just being yourself. Perhaps after all, That is what love means, and that is why 